بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بأحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد الحمد لله respected brothers and sisters and honorable ulamai kiram students and elders this opportunity to disconnect with the worldly distractions and reconnect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is a, a great opportunity and a great blessing and I always say this uh, because I have an opportunity of being in many communities you know around the states even around the world in other places and I would say this very safely that have value for the blessings that you have in this community and the ulama that you have in this community and the environment that has been created in this community by the teachers, by the students, by those who have established, uh, mashallah, this amazing establishment that when we have visitors to come in Dar es Salaam in this, this Chicago region and they have this experience they go back after coming here with a complete renewed and rejuvenated Iman and the desire to you know connect themselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this is something that I can tell you make qadr for this because this is not this is something very very unique and this is something very very special you have a lot of places where there is speeches being given. You have a lot of places where there is, you know, I guarantee that you will be fully entertained when you go to those programs. I guarantee that you will go to certain, you know, gatherings and you'll have a fun time. But the place where you come, where your iman is rejuvenated, right? We should not, we should not, uh, Overlap that when I'm entertained and I am having fun, then this means that my iman is increased. Because I'll tell you something: the various different types of religious programs or Islamic conferences that we have nowadays is that people go to these programs, and the organizers, may Allah subhanahu wa taala reward them for their good intentions of making it possible for people giving an opportunity for people, uh, opening the scope for people, I understand. But let me tell you what happens to many of the brothers and sisters. They go, there is no objective of amal. There is no purpose that I have to connect to my deen. I have to achieve something and accomplish something. That there is something that I have to do after this. That I have to rectify myself. I have to change my life. I have to reconnect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then what happens is they go, they're in this mindset that I was entertained for one night in a religious garb, in a religious disguise. So they go with this in their mind that I had fun, so this has increased my iman. Lo and behold, one week later, they're like back to square one. Why did that happen? Because the objective wasn't amal. And I, don't get me wrong, 
I know that people are at different stages in their faith. I know that people are in different crises and different, you know, levels of their faith. But remember one thing, my dear brothers and sisters, and all the guests who are here, listen to what I'm saying. No matter where you go, no matter what conference you attend, no matter what gathering you attend, at the end of all of it, it comes down to your amal. All the way at the end, no matter where you go, you could travel around the entire world, you're going to come back to square one. And what is that? What is square one? You're going to have to stand before Allah in namaz. This is this, the, the sum total of all of it. No matter how much you get entertained, no matter what program or conference you go to, where there is subhanallah, nara takbir, Allahu Akbar, come back, you're still standing in namaz and you don't know how to pray. You're still standing in namaz and in salah and you don't know how to read Quran. No matter where you go, you're going to make full circle and you're going to be back to square one what Darul Salaam has been offering in the first place. No matter how hard it might seem, no matter how difficult it might seem, right? No matter how tiring it might be, understand that full circle, you're going to have to come back to this point. And that is that rekindling connecting yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knowing your deen, knowing your fiqh, knowing your Islam, iman, ihsan. When Rasul Akram sallallahu alayhi was sitting one time with his companions, he was sitting one time with his companions when a man came, and this is a very famous the hadith of Jibreel, what does this man ask? He asked about Iman. The Prophet told him. He said, you're right. He asked about Islam. The Prophet responded. Then he asked about Ihsan. The Prophet responded. Our deen, brothers and sisters, is the perfection of our Iman, our Islam, our Ihsan. Wherever you go, this is the question you have to ask. At what level are these points of our religion being addressed? At which level is my Iman, my Islam, my Ihsan being preserved? So this is something that subhanAllah, I've gone far and wide in what I see subhanAllah being provided and what is being established here is extremely valuable. Extremely valuable. And I can say inshaAllah, when you, if you connect yourself to the programs of Dar as Salaam, with the madrasa here, with the programs here, with the efforts that are here, you will see, inshallah, a gradual but sure increase of your iman, Islam, and ihsan. Why do I say that for sure? It's because I feel that myself when I come here. How can I, how can I be doubt about something that I experience in my own heart? I say for sure it will happen for you because it happens for me. I experience that when I come here. We all need that. So brothers and sisters, what I'm saying essentially is make qadr of this. Value this. Because this is, not, this is not the case everywhere you go. That's point number one. Point number two, in parting advice, I want to give you the same parting advice that my Shaykh, Hazrat Mu'ahakim Akhtar, rahimahullah ta'ala, he gave me when I bid farewell to him. In 2007, I officially bid farewell to my shaykh, my spiritual mentor, and my ruhani father forever, and I was never able to 
ever see him again until his demise in uh, many years later. And I was, you know, I kissed his hands and I took permission and I left his room and he was in tears and I was in tears and I, because I felt in my heart, you know, I might not be able to come back. While I was in the courtyard of the Khanqa, I was leaving. Hazrat called, he told his Khadim, call Tamim back, I want to tell him something. Hazrat had me actually, after saying salam and after bidding farewell, he actually called me back while I was almost in the taxi. He called me back and he said, I have to tell you something very important. And this advice that he gave me, my dear brothers and sisters, this advice is not only parting advice for me in particular, it is a, the most important parting advice for every single one of us. And he said to me, he said, listen, I know you're going to go back as an imam. I know you're going to go back to your community. You're going to be giving a lot of yourself in the service of your community. But remember one thing, never ever forget about your relationship and your time with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, understand that what you give and what is taken from you is like a well. And you all might be thinking, well, I'm not an imam, so this doesn't apply to me. It applies to you. Because when we go to work, you might not be an imam, but do you go to work? Yeah, you go to work every day. When you go to work, there are buckets of being taken out of your spirituality, of your ta'alluq ma'Allah, of your connection with Allah. You feel down, you feel stressed, you feel your, your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, wavering. We see things, we hear things, we experience things that sometimes, you know, those things are not with the, with the pleasure of Allah and not in accordance with the deen. And it's natural. This is what happens to us. You know, if you look at the iman as like a well, when we go to work, when we go to school, when we interact, in the, in the dunya, where, where we go, where we have to do what we got to do. Everybody has their hustle. Everybody got to do what they got to do to provide. You, you have your school, you have your dunya, you have your work, you have whatever you have. You feel, right, that something has been taken. Even if it might be very minute. And, you know, just like a well. You know, when you're taking water from that well, eventually that well starts getting, you know, dried up. So he says, your iman, your deen, and what you give, and what is taken from you. When you go out in the real world, it makes that nur and that barakah and that blessing of iman go down. He says, you need to spend time with Allah every day so that you allow that well to replenish itself. You have to have some time on a daily basis, five minutes, ten minutes. Make it such that at least once a day you visit the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make a promise that at least once a day I will go and I will visit the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And after that salat, I will sit and I will remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a few minutes. I will spend time with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a few minutes. He says, when you will do this, that if you, have, if you make a habit of this, sit for a few minutes every day. Sit for a, a little specific time. That time is between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
وَذْكُرِ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ وَتَبَتَّلْ إِلَيْهِ تَبْتِيلًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إِنَّ لَكَ فِي النَّهَارِ سَبَحًا طَوِيلًا The Messenger is being commanded this. O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you have a long swim amongst the people in the day. What was Muhammad sallallahu doing in the day? He was not doing job. He was not, you know, in the marketplace. That, this is not wrong, it's not haram, but I'm talking about like, imagine he's not involved in worldly pursuits. He's just involved in the hustle and bustle of conveying the message of Allah to, to mankind. إِنَّ لَكَ فِي النَّهَارِ سَبْحًا طَوِيلًا Oh Muhammad Wasallam, you have a long swim amongst the people every day. Long swim amongst all types of people. And it's stressful. And it's painstaking. And it is difficult. And it is overwhelming. And it's a lot of stress upon him. So what should you do? Wadkurisma Rabbik Watabatal Ilehi Tabatila. So O Muhammad, what should you do? Remember the name of your Lord and sit some time in solitude. Silence. Sitting in the silence with the dhikr of Allah. La ilaha illallah. La Hearing in the silence the sound of Allah's remembrance. Sitting in silence, sitting in solitude, as Allah Azza wa has commanded. Remember the name of your Lord. Make zikr of your Lord and sit in solitude doing that. And that silence will make your whatever has been diminished. Whatever has been dried up, whatever has been diminished of your ruhaniyyah, of your spirituality, of your nur, sit in solitude and remember Allah Azza wa Jal, that light inshallah will replenish in your heart. That motivation will be rejuvenated in your heart. That, that ruhani and imani strength will be rejuvenated in your heart and you will be able to continue. MashaAllah, the objective of this program, of Darus Salaam, this, this was the objective, to give you something to do, to give you something to work on. Start your day with Salatul Fajr in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want everybody, inshallah, to at least try this regimen. This is... You know, obviously, mashallah, our New Year's starts with Muharram, right? Our New Year's starts with Muharram, Safar, Rabiul Awal, Rabiul Akhir. But, you know, because we're living in this dunya, and we're living in this society, and we're living in the corporate world, we are compelled to start with January. And in January, they make New Year's resolution. I know we're a little bit far from, we're not that far from January. January 1st has passed, but I want to give everybody a New Year's resolution. What's that New Year's resolution? Make one salah of the day dedicated to the house of Allah. I had told some of the brothers here that there was an uncle. He would bring his son to the maktab in our masjid in Union City in California. He would bring his son, he would drop him off, and he would pick him up, but he would sit in his car waiting for his son. He would not perform salah in the masjid. So, you know, 
and, and, I, and we always make excuses for our brothers. I never judged him. So, you know, one day I saw him, I said, maybe, you know, he's in a rush. But then I realized he would wait for his son to pray the namaz, to pray the salah, and then he would be sitting in his car, and then he would just drive off. So one day I said to myself, I said, uh, you know, this was, it was bothering me. I said, you know, we're not going to think wrong about a brother. Let me just go and just tell him. So I just approached him. I said, brother, mashallah, your son is doing really well in the maktab. I just wanted to see. Mashallah, we have salat with jamaat. I see you here every asr. If you don't mind me asking, how come you, you don't come and join us? He said, oh, it's just never thought. I said, do you know, brother, that if you perform your prayer, I know, mashallah, you perform prayer. You're, a very, you're very serious about your deen. If you weren't, you wouldn't bring your son to the maktab. So I know you, you're a very religious-minded person, alhamdulillah. But do you know that if you perform your salah with jamaat in the masjid, Allah will give you 25 to 27 times more reward than praying at home? He said, subhanallah, brother, thank you so much. I really didn't know that. Look at his words. Thank you so much, brother. I really didn't know that. I will do that from now on. He said, subhanallah. I really was kind of afraid. I didn't want to offend him that, who are you to tell me? But... You know, we have to do our job. You won't imagine, very sincere, very humble, very kind, very religious person. But do you know what he told me? He said, oh, I really didn't know that if I'm going to pray my salah, that if that salah I pray at home, I get one reward. But the same salah, if I pray with jamaat in the masjid, it is multiplied 27 times more. I didn't know that. Jazakallah khair for telling me. And I was so touched by that because, you know, I really sincerely wasn't judging him. I really wanted benefit for him. But my point is, brothers and sisters, for us to make intention that at least one salah that we will do in the masjid, it will change your life. How do I mean by that? Salatul Fajr. Start with your day with Salatul Fajr. Rasul Akram sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man salla salat al-subhi fa huwa fi dhimmatillah. The one who performs salatul fajr with jamaat in the masjid, he is in the special protection and guarantee of Allah. Do you know what happens when you start performing salatul fajr with jamaat in the masjid? When you make this, this is my resolve. This is how I'm going to start my new year. This is my new year's resolution. I will do insha'Allah start with one salah in the masjid. Do you know what you'll be starting your day with? You'll be starting your day with the special protection of Allah. That's how you'll be starting your day. This is just salatul subh. Forget about zuhr and asr and maghrib and isha. Just if you do salatul subh in the masjid, this is the ajr of it. This is the reward of it. This is the maqam that the, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying or the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying, you will be in the special protection of Allah. But what is the, what is the, what is the key to salatul? What's the point in salatul fajr? Salatul fajr brings about amazing discipline. Salatul Fajr makes you a tough person. Salatul Fajr, it makes you a very disciplined person. Salatul Fajr will make you a very routine person. Salatul Fajr will demand you that you have to sleep early. Salatul Fajr, to catch that, it will demand you that you have to cut out your phone at, you know, 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. Salatul Fajr will demand these things of you. Salatul Fajr will make you because just that Salatul Fajr, there's all these other things that are related to it that you are going to have to do in order to get that barakah and get that blessing. But once you start your day with that, subhanallah, just the morning air at that time, 
وَالْفَجْرِ وَلَيَالٍ Allah has taken an oath. I take an oath, Allah says, by Salatul Fajr. وَقُرْآنَ الْفَجْرِ إِنَّ قُرْآنَ الْفَجْرِ كَانَ مَشْهُودًا And Allah swears by the recitation of the Fajr. Quran al-Fajr, yani salat al-Fajr. Wa Quran al-Fajr, yani salat al-Fajr. Inna Quran al-Fajr kana mashhuda. The recitation of salat al-Fajr is witnessed by the angels. When you are there, the angels are recording. Subhanallah, such and such people were also present along with the malaika. What is happening to you internally? What is happening to you spiritually? What is going on? in your inside, in your heart, in your soul, when you are attending, and the malaika are there. What is happening? Subhanallah, the malaika are actually there. Khas, jamaat of malaika are mashhuda. This is binassi kitabillah. Binassi kitabillah. Inna Quran al-Fajri kana mashhudan. Mashhudan bil malaika. Mashhudan bil rahmat al-khasa. Mashhudan bil sakina. Salat al-Fajr is attended by the angels. The Salat al-Fajr is attended by the special mercies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why, subhanallah, what do you get when you're coming to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Right? The one who, this, this hadith always, subhanallah, one of my favorite hadith. The one who comes to the masjid for any salah, or any, at any time, فَهُوَ زَائِرُ اللَّهِ He is the visitor of Allah. وَحَقٌ عَلَى الْمَزُورِ أَنْ يُكْرِمَ زَائِرَهِ It is the right of the host to honor his guest. Imagine this. You cannot imagine. You cannot, you cannot imagine. You have a mehman. How do you treat your mehman? What can you imagine? That if a mehman comes to your house, you will not give him at least a bottle of water. In our culture, you will not give a, a, a sip of tea. In Afghani culture, you know, we have to slaughter a couple of sheep or something. If somebody is going to come, you have to do something or it's a dishonor for the mezban. It's a dishonor for the host. Imagine you are the visitor. You are the guest of Akramul Akrameen of the most generous of those who show generosity. How can it be you enter his house and he leaves you depressed? He leaves you with anxiety. He leaves you with worry. He leaves you with grief. He leaves you. And He's not going to leave you filling your, 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 your hands with what you have come with. What is the dua when we, read it, when we enter the masjid? Allahumma inni. Allah maftahli abwaaba rahmatik. When you enter the houses of Allah, when you enter the Allah's houses, the masajid, oh Allah, open for me your doors of mercy. When you're entering here, at any time when you enter, Allah is opening up the gates of mercy for you. What mercies you are attaining, these are things that it's in the unseen. You have to believe it. One of the mercy is when a person enters into the house of Allah, the angels are making three duas. Allahumma lahu, Allahumma arhamhu, Allahumma salli alayhi. How can we not get this at least once a day? You must be, you must, I must have, I must be crazy. I must be insane if I'm not getting this package. That when I enter the house of Allah, I'm getting the duas of the, right now you're sitting. You are getting the duas of the malaika. Allahumma lahu. Allahumma arhamhu. Allahumma salli alayhi. You know when we say upon the Prophet, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. The angels are saying to us, Allahumma salli alayhi. 
Oh Allah, forgive him. Oh Allah, have mercy upon him. Oh Allah, send your special blessings on him. How? How is it possible you, 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 you spend the day without attaining this? How could you have days and days sitting in the parking lot waiting for your son to come out and you will not go in that and to get the duas of the malaika? You know like in the old taxis, you, you, you go in the taxi and then the meter is on? You remember the meter? Do they still have meters in taxis? I think they still have meters in taxis, right? So you turn on the meter and it's ticking. And the, you know, the, the money is, keeps racking up. When you come in the masjid, the meter of the malaika is on. It's ticking. Allahumma khfillahu, Allahumma arhamhu, Allahumma salli alayhi, ma lam yuhdith. As long as he doesn't break his wudu. Now when you break the wudu, then the malaika stop making the special dua. You go and renew your wudu because this is a sanctified and blessed place. You want to get that blessing? You have to be in a sanctified state. Allahu Akbar. And when you leave the masjid, Allahumma inni as'aluka min fadlik. Why? Oh Allah, I ask of you your grace. It cannot be that you leave this blessed house without the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So my dear brothers and sisters, subhanAllah, my flight is very close. I have to be at the airport in uh, uh, boarding is very soon. So I again want to remind myself and all of us, have a, have a regimen, have a mulaqat, Time with Allah every day. A time for mulaqat with Allah. A time with, for a special conversation with Allah. A time where everything from the hustle bustle of the world, where our iman is getting depleted, that we come in a time that we spend with Allah so our iman can get replenished again. This is the place where you enter, He will not leave you empty handed. This is the place where you enter, you will get the du'as and the maghfirah of the malaika. Can you imagine? This is the place when you enter, you will not leave empty-handed. Is this some, is it a difficult New Year's resolution? This is something that we can do, at least once a day. If fajr is difficult for you, no problem, at least isha. If isha is difficult for you, no, no problem. As you're coming home from work, salatul asr. But at least have this, that once a day, Special time with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this was the whole objective, inshallah, of this retreat. How can we disconnect, detox, and disconnect from all the things that are distractions and connect to Allah fully focused upon Him? May Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq to implement what has been said. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept this retreat. May Allah accept and make Darus Salam truly the abode of peace. Make it a place where it's the markaz of hidayat. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it a place that is a place where people come and they leave with a connection with Allah and His Rasul. Allah ta'ala bless all of you. I request all of your du'as for me and my family, especially my son Muhammad Yahya, who just went through, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, tribulation through chemotherapy and radiation and surgery. And I request all of your du'as that Allah ta'ala continues to increase his health and keep him healthy. I humbly request this dua from all of my dear brothers and sisters in this community. Wajazakumullahu khayran. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. I will not meet anyone or shake hands with anyone. I love everybody for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But I take permission because boarding is soon. So I hopefully inshallah will make it. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khayran.